the, the Michael Duke Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, baby, live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com, where you'll find the audio-only live stream, where you'll find links to our social media sites, where we simulcast the radio show every day, and, of course, also links to the podcast, which is uh, quite nice, if I do say so myself quite nice and in fact i just recently looked at the uh just recently looked at the numbers for the podcast and in the last 12 months has had 347,000 downloads that's pretty good <laughs> that's pretty good for a little excuse me that's pretty good for a little low budget radio show not a bad deal 347,000 plays in 12 months uh, it just proves, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, people want to hear about what's going on in Alaska, and uh, and I love that. Also, of course, we are broadcasting in the old-fashioned way, uh, right here on regular old terrestrial radio on your favorite radio station and or translator. So it's uh, it's all good and it's all beautiful. So uh, good good morning. Good good morning. Good morning this morning. Oh, I didn't. I'm sorry. You wanted to look at my face. I didn't really want to show you my face, uh, but I did. Here it is. Uh, welcome to the program. And uh, thanks for coming in. It's just you and uh, it's just you and me this morning. Um, I had worked on trying to get a couple guests on and nothing really worked out. And, um, you know, I thought, well, why not? why 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 just not have it be you and me so i so i did it i made the executive decision i can do that because my name's right here 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 michael duke show that's me so i can decide what i so today it's just going to be you and me and i've already opened up the phone lines and so uh <clears throat> i thought we would just kind of uh i thought we would just kind of riff today um you know let's Let's consider this the uh, conversation around the coffee pot or the water cooler at work. Or you know, my favorite, my favorite imagery with this kind of stuff is, uh, you know, picture us as just a bunch of cranky old men sitting around the uh, pot-bellied stove at the feed store, drinking our coffee, uh, smoking our cigars, and uh, just uh, nodding at each other and talking about the world's ills. How about that? How about that? I think that would be, I, I think that's, I think that's even the better uh, imagery for what I, we're just going to just chat, man. When was the last time we just sat down and talked about whatever? Um, I do have some headlines and they're poor. There's some interesting ones uh, in here for sure. Um, and there are some topics that we could dive into that uh, 
I'm sure could probably get me fired up and excited. Um, I mean, I could revisit the uh, story yesterday from Seward again. If uh, if you want to get further into that one, the one about uh, the zoning and planning and the private property rights in Seward. Um, <clears throat> and that's probably sure to get to, to get me fired up. But, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. There's, there's just there's all kinds of stories from across the state. Some are good. Some are infuriating. And um, I, I, I just don't know where to start. I don't know where to start this morning. But I will tell you that the phone lines are open and ready to take your calls this morning. So if you want to sound off and talk about anything, well, now's the time to do it. You want to express uh, frustration at the outcome of the election, so be it. You want to express joy in something, the good news, you want to give me some good news, I'd love to hear that as well. So feel free to, uh, I mean, again, this is a, this is a show with, uh, this is a show with no, with no map. We have no map and no navigator, and we're just going to proceed ahead and, uh, and start talking about stuff and, and, uh, we'll see where we go from there. How about that? How about, how about them apples? See, see how that works. Okay, well, where do we want to start off at? Um, I say um, we could we could start off political, or now nah, we'll get to that. We'll just get. Let me just hit a couple of uh, uh, a couple of uh, good things. Uh, first of all, Kodiak, what's up? What's up down there in Kodiak? <laughs> a man was arrested uh, yesterday, day before yesterday in Kodiak um, after a suspicious package containing more than half a million dollars worth of illegal drugs was sent to him. Kalani Coyle of Kodiak, 30 years old, was arrested and charged with second and third degree misconduct involving controlled substances. Uh, investigators wrote that they noticed the package on November the 21st that was destined for a known target so first and foremost just let me say what kind of moronic criminal sends illicit and illegal narcotics through the mail maybe this is the good news that <laughs> this is how stupid some of these criminals are let's just send the illegal narcotics through and it wasn't a little bit of illegal narcotics no, 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 no. A subsequent warrant obtained for the parcel allowed them to open it and discover inside 912 grams of meth and 56 grams of cocaine and 500, excuse me, 5,550 fentanyl pills i mean this was this was not a oh this is just a light little package no big deal um this was a this was a big deal okay this was a big big deal uh so uh they got him and uh they said the value of the narcotics was uh 
$543,000. So here we are in the, in Kodiak, <clears throat> which, you know, I always like to think of Kodiak as kind of a sleepy little town. Um, I spent, uh, I lived there for, I don't know, I think it was a year, maybe a little bit over a year. Uh, commercial fished out of there, worked at the radio stations there, did a lot of stuff. And it's a, it's a nice little community. But when I look at this, I got to start asking my questions like, what, what? Half a million dollars worth of hard narcotics? But again, the fact that, the fact that, I mean, okay, so let me just game theory this out for you for a second. I live in Kodiak, right? I live in Kodiak. I'm right there on the ocean. There are ships coming in all the time. Um, I know from my own personal time in Kodiak that there was uh, <clears throat> there was a lot of transits from Asia that would come through there from time to time and things like that. So, I mean, I knew you know if I'm if I'm a bad guy, why wouldn't I why wouldn't I arrange for that stuff to arrive you know at the harbor or something? Where I, no no I'm gonna put it in the mail and send it to <clears throat> somebody who, again the police said they noticed that a package that was destined for a quote unquote known target so these guys were already on the radar right already on the radar and they're like let me send a package from loaded with drugs from wherever it came from to co i mean to Kodia. and what were you going to do what you got to that's a hell of a lot of drugs just for Kodiak. 5,000 fentanyl pills and a thousand grams of meth. Uh, I mean, wow. Maybe this is the explanation for why Louise Stutes keeps getting elected. I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, maybe that's the reason. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But the good news is, the good news is that uh, this is the kind of stupidity that uh, the criminals are apparently dealing with, that this is this is what it is. So, <laughs> oh, that was, that was it. Somebody in the chat room just said, there's not enough junkies in Kodiak to consume that fake news. Well, I don't know as it's fake. Uh, just because there's not enough people there, I mean, it's a quick ferry ride to someplace else, so maybe not. But, I mean, again, why would you send it in the mail? I just, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain around that. Why would you send it in the mail? There's just not enough. I mean, at least you could have sent it FedEx, right? Or something. Overnight. Why put it? Well, you know, I didn't want to pay that overnight fee. I overnight fee that that air freight. That's expensive stuff. I'm just going to send it in the mail. I mean, it's a half a million dollars worth of drugs, but I surely ain't paying the extra hundred and twelve dollars for overnight. No way. I can't give that to FedEx or UPS. I wanted to send it ground, and it's to Kodiak, and they don't send ground to Kodiak because it's an island. $500,000 and they ship it with the most inept group of government workers that they could possibly find the post office. 
I mean, how do you even <clears throat> how do you even insure a package like that? How do you, how do you even you know how do you even insure a package like that in the in the U.S. Postal? I mean, I'm half I'm afraid to send a box of 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 knitted clothes that my wife you know my wife knits scarves and and socks and stuff for, for my daughter, my granddaughter, my son-in-law. And I'm like, man, I'm afraid to put all this handmade with love stuff in this box and send it down there because I'm afraid they're going to lose it. Cause it's happened. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, <clears throat> who, who in their right mind would trust the post office with half a million dollars worth of drugs? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So anyway, I read that story this morning and I just thought, wow, there's a party going on down in Kodiak that I don't know about. But again, maybe it's maybe this explains why Louise Stutes and Gary Stevens continue to get reelected. Those were just the party favors for the celebratory. I'm not imputing anybody's character. It was a joke. My gosh, people just get a grip and stop being so sensitive. Um, all right. F phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. And we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some other stuff. What are we going to talk about? No idea. No. Surprise me. Call me up and get in the queue. And then you can decide what we talk about today. I'm letting you drive the bus today. Because otherwise, I'll just, I'll just laugh and more stupid stories from around the state. <laughs> All right. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. The Michael Duke Show. Back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Come on, half a million dollars trusted to the post office. <laughs> oh, that's what drugs do make stupid more stupid. Glad to hear the fentanyl and other drugs didn't make it to the street. Dale, I agree. I mean, look, I'm not trying to belittle the fact that they took a lot of uh, harmful narcotics off the street. But at the same time, you know, you have to admit that it is, it's a little funny. It's a little bit funny, this feeling inside. Um, 
Good morning from Kodiak. What stupid event. Oh, that's perfect timing. Paul just comes on. Good morning from Kodiak. What stupid event did I miss? We were just talking about your neighbor down the street who apparently was stupid enough to ship himself $545,000. Wow. $545,000. Half a million dollars worth of drugs in the mail to Kodiak. $545,000 worth of drugs. Oh, oh. Have you tried Bradshaw bourbon, says Brian? You know, I I haven't. Um, <clears throat> I know that you're the bourbon guy. I'm the whiskey guy. I, you know, I, I, I figure I got one. I don't have enough taste buds to, uh, I don't have enough taste buds to, to, to do all that. I still got studio is still a mess. I've got cords and cables and trying not to run my chair over everything here in the thing. Um, no, I, um, <clears throat> tell us more says Rick. I don't know what you want me to tell you more about, but, um, I'm a, I'm a whiskey guy, not a bourbon guy. I know you're a bourbon guy. I see, I see your posts on Facebook, Brian, quite often. Um, I mean, I, it, bourbon is okay. I, I just, I don't know. I just prefer, I prefer whiskey because it's Scottish. And if it's not Scottish, it's crap. Um, <clears throat> it's good. Very good. Um, might I recommend some Ardbeg Oodalel? Oodalel. Ardbeg Oodalel. It's, it's delicious. It's like a 92. 92 in the Scotch Bible. Ardbeg Oodalel. It's, uh, probably the best well i mean it's hard, when you say best especially in something like whiskey it's hard to know because you know there's there's different types of whiskey it's like drinking lafroig uh, uh, lafroig is amazing but it's it's like drinking in the middle of a smoldering campfire i mean it's peaty and smoky and it's just oh and uh, or you could be drinking Hibiki from the Japanese Suntory Distillery. Hibiki, which is <clears throat> which is light and like honey and floral. And it's like two ends of the scale. You know, the wee beastie from Arthbeg. Uh, the wee beastie is good for is good, too. Um, the Dark Cove from Ardbeg. I really like Ardbeg. They've got a bunch of different offerings that are just amazing. Um, but yeah, sometimes I'm in the mood for that, just that I want to gnaw on a, on a campfire log and that's the Lafroy, right? I mean, it's just dark and peaty and smoky and, oh, and sometimes I want to taste, you know, something different. Sometimes it, it's the Hibiki or the, um, um, uh, Haikushu, um, Oh, there's a bunch of different, there's a bunch of jef, different Japanese with the Tozai is not so great. I mean, it's okay, but oh man, Hibiki, so good. Um, if you can get some old whiskey barrels, that's great for smoking beef and pork. Oh, I imagine. So that flavor wrapped up into that. Oh man. Oh, so good. Uh, were you looking for the bottle on the floor? Yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> anyway um 
Yeah, no. So I'm not much of a bourbon fan, but I mean, I, you know, whiskey. Whiskey is my jam. That's how it works. Well, I suppose we should get back to it. I can't. I'm not going to talk. I mean, that's a bummer. I'm re- I enjoy that talk. All right, here we go. Okay, I suppose we should get back into the serious stuff. <laughs> um, I tried to find the video on the Alaska Bigfoot um, that I heard about on the Michael Duke uh, Coast to Coast yesterday. No, look, that was the caller that called in yesterday from Fairbanks. that was talking about the 14-foot Bigfoot that was seen up at the, uh, was it the Koyuk? mining district the koyuk mining or is the kobuk mining district monster i have to go uh, i'll have to go uh, take a look at it but the kobuk or koyuk mining district monster said there's a minute and 14 second video out there you could go out there and watch it i mean how many times have you gone on to your um uh you know your 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 tv <laughs> It's so weird to talk about TV these days because it's not cable. It's not channels. It's apps, right? It's streaming apps. And so I was just going to say, how many times did you go on? You know, but uh, it's like, do you have the uh, um, the Discovery Network, the Discovery Channel app? And there's actually a, there is an actual uh, whole section in the Discovery Channel app on like Alaska and paranormal stuff. I mean, they've got the travel channel on discovery, right? So they've got a lot of Alaska travel things, but then they've got this, the kind of the niche stuff, which is like ghosties and aliens and you know, whatever. Anyway, I I just, one night I just was going through it and I started, I started looking and there is just dozens of shows about Alaska and, uh, and uh, the Alaskan Bigfoot and all it, I mean, some of it's pretty cheese, but I mean, you know, I, I scanned through it one night. I mean, it's late. I'm not doing anything. Wife's uh, wife's off doing something else or whatever. So I'm just kind of I'm surfing the channels. You're not, you can't channel, surf, but I'm, you know, I'm surfing the shows and uh, yeah, there, there was a, there was a whole new, there was a whole new, uh, whole new thing on there. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I think he said it was the uh, I think he said it was the Kobuk Mining District. Um, uh, Kobuk Mining District monster is what they said. So there you go. The Kobuk Mining District monster. If you want to go look it up or maybe it was the Koyuk. Koyukuk. Koyukuk. Um. All right. Uh, what else we got here uh, on the news today? I mean, first of all, first, first and foremost, it's open line, open form today. So, whatever you want to talk about, we'd love to. Uh, we'd love to hear. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, just give us a give us a call. 
and we would love to hear what you have uh, to say. Uh, I, I, I'd love to see what you've got going on. Hit me with it. Uh, just, uh, you know, give me a ring and, and let's do it. 907-433-3150. Uh, 907-433-3150. If you want to sound off, somebody in the chat room just said Pavlov uh, is uh, erupting the Pavlov volcano. Um, I don't see anything about that, but uh, I know there's been there's been a lot of pressure. I mean, look at what's going on down at the Koyukuk mining district. Koyukuk. All right. So it wasn't the Kobuk. It was the Koyukuk. Thank you, Rob. Um I know there's been a lot of a you know, of course, Hawaii is in the news right now because they've got the big volcanoes there going off all over the place. Um, so I don't know. Maybe is it the Ring of Fire? There was a whole thing about the Ring of Fire, all the volcanoes in the Pacific Rim uh, going off at once, and it's a world-ending event. And there are so many. <laughs> there are so many. Um, uh, speaking of conspiracies and Bigfoot and everything else, so many different theories about all that kind of stuff. These, you know, Yellowstone caldera could blow and, and, and the, the whole Pacific ring of fire and the, Oh, so I don't know. I don't know anything about Pavlov. I don't see anything in the news about it, but uh, we'll, we'll go on about that. Okay. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, I was I was giving you the phone number, so in case you wanted to call in. How about a feel-good story? How about a feel-good story? Go from Kodiak up to the Matsu. That's not a fair comparison. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, guys. But uh, you go up to the Matsu, and uh, the Matsu Borough is inviting folks to come out and harvest their own Christmas tree at Jim Creek. They had to close down tree harvesting last year because there was a shortage of Christmas trees in the state in uh, 2020. And uh, that brought in over 120 applications for permits, leading them to run out of eligible stock for the 2021 season. But uh, they've, they've expanded. They've moved to a new area. It's a 22-acre area surrounding Jim Creek Rec uh, Campground. And all you have to do is get a permit from the borough. There's no cost for that. You still have to pay the $5 fee to park the rec site. But other than that, it's totally free. Uh, according to the, uh, according to the uh, uh, natural resource uh, manager for the borough, they've got 447 spruce saplings that the borough would like to see removed from this area. And all you got to do is go to the borough's website and get a permit, which is free. Like I said, if you don't get a permit and you get caught, it's a $150 fine. So just go get a permit. Trees must be no taller than 15 feet and topping trees is prohibited. Uh, and you can get out there with an ATV of some kind. I think it would be kind of fun. I mean, it would be it's a little bit of Christmas vacation, right? Things going on. The Griswolds taking the take it and i again have only been exposed to the griswolds in the last couple of years that was another movie we were talking the other day about how i'd never seen it well i had watched a christmas story like twice in my life you'll shoot your eye out um but i had only i'd never seen christmas vacation until about four years ago something like that and my wife made me watch it <laughs> my wife made me watch it she's like we haven't so anyway uh but christmas with the griswolds that's what we're talking about um, all right, we got a phone call. 
can I not finish my thought? Somebody called in, was on hold for less than two and a half minutes, and now they just hung up because I was finishing my thought about Christmas with the... Anyway. Uh, so it's a good story. Go over to uh, the borough's website at matsugov.us and get signed up for a Christmas tree and just strap it to the roof of your <laughs> strap it to the roof of your station wagon and go. But remember, there's a 15 foot limit on it. It's it, nothing taller than 15 feet. If you've got 15 foot ceilings in your house, I remember when we moved from Fairbanks. Um, I was sad because we actually had an artificial tree that I paid some good money for. Um, I had, we had an artificial tree that was 12 feet tall uh, or 10 feet tall uh, because we had big cathedral ceilings in the living room and we would put it up there. Um, of course, it's not going to fit down here. So I had to leave the tree at the house in Fairbanks or in the garage or wherever at Fairbanks. And we had to buy a new tree when we got down here. So uh, anyway, it was, it was just sad. It's just, it's just sad. I love me a big tall tree. I had to literally get a big ladder to put the, put the angel on, on top. You couldn't just use a step stool. It was like, you had to get the ladder. Um, okay. Uh, what other stories we got? Oh, rank choice voting. Uh, you knew we were going to get to it. You knew eventually we were going to get to, uh, politics rank choice voting. Um, Two different articles. One in Must Read Alaska this morning is written by Alex uh, Grimark. Gim, Gimark? Alex Gimark? Sorry, Mar uh, sorry, Alex, if I butchered your name. Uh, who is uh, lives in Anchorage, and he, uh, he writes a weekly column called Interesting Items, which is a summary of Alaska news stories. Uh, anyway, he has authored a piece in Must Read Alaska talking about... Um, that uh, ranked choice voting has got to go. It's got to be ditched. Um, that, uh, you know, a total repeal of it is what is necessary. Um, and unfortunately, what we're seeing right now uh, is proposals uh, are floating around. There's actually kind of two different approaches. Uh, one approach, which would repeal all of ballot measure number two in its entirety, and there is been some discussions, which I've heard in the wings, but have not really been paying that close attention to, that what they'd like to do is that they'd like to repeal only the jungle primary component of it and leave the rest of it in place, because then we could still sort out our messes prior to the election and everything. The problem is, of course, is that uh, if we get down into the uh, taking it out piece by piece, uh, I mean, you're going to get down into the weeds and people, people are just not paying attention to that. I mean, let, let's face it. When ballot measure number two passed, there was 20, what, 25, 26 pages in the voter book explaining all the parts of the laws that were changed. I mean, this wasn't just a one page change. It was multiple, pa 20 something pages of of information and statute citation and things like that, of all the things that had changed. And so people didn't read that. I mean, I only, I read through like 15 pages and I'm like, there's no way that I'm voting for this. There's no way that I'm voting for this because it changes. I mean, it just goes, it changes way too much without any discussion on the consequences. Of it. There's just no way, no way. 
that I'm voting for this. But of course, they sold it as a way to get rid of dark money out of politics, right? Outside dark money. And of course, all you have to do is look back at this last election cycle and see these $7 million that Mitch McConnell pumped into the race from outside money and all the money that was pumped into the anti-con-con message from the 1630 Project and the NEA and the labor unions and everything else from outside, millions of dollars, and realize that, well, I guess, I guess ballot measure number two didn't work. Guess that was it. Um, so, yeah, so when you talk about it, you need to, again, I think, repeal the whole thing. Now, again, here's my fear, and I mentioned this to Bonnie yesterday when she announced that they were doing the uh, meeting at the Roundup, I think this Friday at 6. Is that what she said? I, I'm sorry, I've forgotten. Um, for the uh, for the folks who are putting together a ballot, and uh, uh, they're trying to get signatures, gather signatures to remove it from the ballot. And um, I, my fear was that there was going to be competing groups that got out there and tried to compete against each other. We need to have one unified group of people uh, who are, you know, what, what we, we the, the groups should merge is what I'm saying. We need one, one unified group of people who could, you know, who are, who are all pulling for the same thing, not multiple groups. One wants to take it all away. One wants to parse it down and pare it down. We need to have one, you know, get one unified voice, one voice, one message uh, kind of thing. Uh, and it's going to take, uh, it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of money. And quite honestly, um, we're going to have to look to some outside groups to help us with this. I mean, I think Alaskans should run it, but I think we should be looking to outside groups to help us uh, with this as we go through. Um, we're coming up on the break, but I just got one more call on. And since I'm so gun shy because people doesn't want to wait two minutes while I finish my thought, uh, let's take this call real quick before we have to go to commercial break and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks, and I'm always happy to wait for you. And okay. The thought and everything. Well, I appreciate um, that. I just wanted to say I did, I did go to that uh, meeting yesterday at the Roundup Steakhouse. However, I couldn't get off work in time and got there late before right when it ended. But uh, hung around and listened to some people that were still there discussing things. Rob Myers, I guess he gave a talk about it. Uh, anyway, well, actually, what I was calling about is I looked at yesterday's Anchorage Daily News for Wednesday, November 30th, and there's a headline, and there's an article in here saying, Petola, you know, our representative Petola, Petola, currently a no on Biden push to block railroad strike. And um, I think that's bad. I think she should agree to block the railroad strike. And uh, no matter, you've heard of things like it's illegal to strike, like, for instance, the flight controllers, you know, during the Reagan right. administration. Right. Uh, they can always, of course, walk off the job and hold a sign. That That's not, you know, I could be put in jail for that. It just simply means that if they do that, they could get fired. That's just what Reagan did. So uh, in this article here, it says that uh, to avert a potential strike, President Joe Biden has implored Congress to impose the tentative agreement using the Railway Labor Act of 1926 and uh but 
but I guess Patola said, Barry Patola says he's going to be a vote, no vote on it because he wants paid sick leave. Right. And uh, uh, I don't know why we should pay people when they're off to be sick. I mean, now I'm a, I'm a storage yard worker. I, I won't say what company I work for or anything like that, but I don't want to get blamed for my, my extreme political views I have. They got nothing to do with it. But uh, uh, I, I believe a person that's sick, uh, they should just you know, be off not get fired for being sick, but I don't see why they should get paid for it. I mean, some companies, you know, they give sick days, right, sick right. days and of course, companies often provide vacation days, and a person could take a vacation day if they stored up some vacation days for it, but anyway, so I'm against Mary Patola and, right. and her current stance. Well, and, and I know Peltola is standing up uh, on those things, and I, what I found interesting about that whole thing, Randy, more than anything else, was the fact that Joe uh, Joe Biden was uh, throwing these unions under the bus because, right, they're his biggest supporters. And yet in the long run, he knows which side of his bread is buttered and he's pushing those people um, because, uh, you know, the, the railways are important. And so he was willing to push back against them for that. And I'm surprised that we haven't heard more about, wait, I thought you were the big union guy. Aren't you supposed to be protecting them? Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Peltola is going to uh, cater to that uh, because that's part of her base. That's what you're looking at there. Um, but like you said, uh, I want to see the rails run. We got to go, Randy. Thank you for your call. Nine. Uh, we'll be back with more of the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, let me do over here. Okay. Uh, thank you, Randy, for your call. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I actually saw where, um, I was trying to find where I saw the headline this morning, but that they actually ended up, uh, voting on that and Peltola was still out. Where is the, I know I saw it. Um, um, U.S. House, here we go. It's on, it's a must read. U.S. House votes to prevent rail strike, but Peltola votes against the agreement, saying it wasn't good enough. Um, uh, Peltola voted against the agreement because she wanted more sick more sick days for, because they already get sick days, but she wanted more sick days for union rail workers. Um, eight Democrats voted with 129 Republicans against the agreement, but in the case of Peltola, it was because the deal wasn't good enough for rail workers. She said they need more sick leave days. Um, uh, in a separate vote, House Democrats and a handful of Republicans voted to increase the number of sick days for employees to seven. I, this is the point. I mean, when government is involved in this level of minute, you know, of the minutia, uh, down at this level in this kind of stuff, it it, it just it's scary, right? I mean, it's it's scary <laughs> that that when government is down into the weeds with you at this level, for you know, with these private industries and things like that, it just it it kind of raises the skin on the back of my neck. The Biden administration had negotiated a tentative agreement with the unions in September that included $5,000 bonuses for union workers, but four of the 12 unions rejected the deal and put the strike back on the calendar. 
The deal includes a historic 24% pay raise for all rail workers. It provides improved health care benefits. It provides the ability of operating craft workers to take unscheduled leave for medical needs. And it, 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 the fact that the government is in the middle of that is just insane. Insane. Uh, they, yeah, feds and government workers get sick leave. Why not everybody else? They already had sick leave. She wanted them to have more sick leave. Uh, apparently another seven days is what she wanted. Um, let's see. Going back, uh, I'm going back here to see what you guys, if we repeal rank choice voting and the jungle primary, they will have to defend those provisions on their merits. If we try to repeal the dark money provisions, then we let the no side have that as a talking point again. Uh, the meeting at the roundup was last night. Sorry, not Friday, last night. Thank you, Rob. Sorry about that. Um, um, there, there are, there are multiple movies says Chris on uh, Twitch, vacation, uh, Christmas vacation, European vacation, Vegas vacation, and the new one with the kid as the dad. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, uh, the Christmas vacation one is enough for me. I, I enjoyed that. The Christmas vacation one is enough for me. Uh, yes, comrade, get permit or go to Gulag. Or you could just go out there and cut you could just go out there and cut one. Hope you don't get caught. And if you do, pay the $150 fine like it's a fee. You could do that. Um, oh, Michael says, I didn't know this down in the Kenai. You can cut one per household in the Kenai Wildlife Refuge with no permit. See? There you go. There you go. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Sandy. Sandy's a little late this morning. Uh, Koyukuk. Uh, all right, I'm back to where I was before. Um, okay, so now I'm now I'm working back towards the newest comments here this morning. Uh, people talking about watching the 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 uh, Koyukuk mining district monster, the monster. Did you even see anything? <laughs> Did you even see anything in the video? Um, all right. Um, Randy actually, what was that? Uh, and Randy actually has a great radio voice. He should have a weekly segment. Oh boy. Uh, no paid sick leave. Um, okay. Peltola gets paid sick leave. Well, yeah, of course you did. You know that again, it wasn't that they don't have paid sick leave is that she wanted more paid sick leave and that they refused the fact they refused it after they got a 24% raise on top of it and a $5,000 bonus. I mean, what are the unions? Do? What are the unions doing, man? That's insane. That's insane. All right, uh, we got some calls on hold, and uh, we're going to talk with you about whatever it is that uh, they want to talk about. Let's jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
Okay. Uh, we're back here, the Michael Duke Show, hour one, wrapping things up for this segment. Got a couple phone calls. And so uh, instead of me bloviating on about some of this stuff, I thought we'd go see what you have to say. Uh, two calls on hold. Let's start off with uh, caller number one and uh, see what uh, what they want to chat about on this beautiful 1st of December. It's only 24 days until Christmas. Just telling you that right now. Let's go over there right now. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? I'm Michael. This is Dan from Homer. Hey, Dan. Hey, don't want to distract from the talk about the monster, but I just thought I'd walk back a couple of days and talk about uh, the discussions about maybe bringing a sales tax to the table. Sure. No, absolutely. Uh, it's open line, whatever you want to talk about. I've been thinking about that for a couple of years in order to kind of preserve PFD. And uh, my, my thoughts were is, you know, to try to gain the revenue back from the people from out of state who come up to work and get them to participate in supporting the state to put a sale or not a sales tax an income tax in place. And then maybe like uh, an exemption of five, the first five or $50,000 worth of income that someone earns if you live in the state or whatever that number might be. And then uh, we can recover that portion of it. And then I thought maybe to uh, have a sunset clause on it annually so they, the legislature doesn't have that to just feed out of its sunsets every year. And in order for them to pull that lever again next year, they have to cut the budget compared to last year's budget by 1% or 5% or something. Just That's just me brainstorming, but that's, <laughs> I, think, I think we need to do something to preserve the PFD so they quit dipping into that trough and then enact an income tax later right. when they run out of that money. Dan, let me play devil's advocate just for a minute because, I mean, I know I was actually advocating for what you're talking about, you know, looking at maybe we should endorse a tax to get it done to protect the PFD. But let me play devil's advocate for a second because this is a position that I've taken for years. The problem with giving the government more money in the form of a new tax is that doesn't guarantee that they will then preserve the PFD. Um, you know, I mean, Brad has made that argument that if we, we have a tax and we have other revenues coming in, they'll leave the PFD alone and they'll stop taking it. They'll stop taxing it, confiscating it, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we know because past performance is indicative of future results that the more that we give the government, the more that they spend. I mean, just look at last year as an example, all that oil money that we had coming in, right? Ooh, we got more money than we know what to do with. Uh, they could have put a bunch of money back away into the CBR, and they didn't. They could have done other. They, they didn't. They tried to forward fund education and buy a billion dollars and all these other things. So, what do you say to that? That uh, you know that if we give them more money in the form of whatever tax you're talking about, whether it's an income tax with an exemption so that it only really hits the out-of-staters who are working here, or a sales tax to hit the tourists, what what is your reaction to the fact is that? they'll probably just spend that and take the PFD on top of it. Well, I wholeheartedly agree. And that's, that's, that's why I wanted to, that's why I suggested the, the uh, sunset clause. Yeah. So that way 
in order for them to pull that lever and be able to use the income tax, they have to reduce the budget compared to the previous year by a certain percentage and over time ratchet them back to the point where they can't touch it. But I think the really is, uh, you know, the constitutional preservation of, of the PFD. That's the only thing that's really going to work yeah. to keep their mitts out of it. Well, I agree with that. I think the constitutional protection is the only thing that's going to actually work. Um, but, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm interested in your idea of a sunset, but not a sunset based on whether or not they just vote for it, but a sunset based on some kind of formula that says they have to cut, or maybe they have to reinstate X portion of the PFD back to, you know, something, uh, you know, I I'm willing to talk about it. Um, at this point, Dan, uh, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm willing to talk about it as I proved last week when I was talking about, maybe we should just put a flat tax out there. Right. So, I mean, I think it's a right. conversation. I'm not a fan that, of it either. The yeah. idea of a tax just puts a terrible taste in my mouth. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, something's got to happen. Yeah. All right, Dan. Well, thank you for your call. I think it's an interesting thought, and I appreciate you sounding off on it. Let me go over to the other line here before we run out of time for this segment. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, Jeremy, good morning, Michael. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you, sir? Uh, calling from Casilla. Good morning. Uh, I think y'all know I'm in Casilla. You are, you are in Kisilov. What's happening, my friend? Well, uh, a fellow was saying, uh, Michael Beck was saying they want a 24% pay raise. These, uh, unions, and, uh, you think that's not going to affect your loaf of bread and the cost of bacon and milk, uh, that's going to be even more for food. I mean, that's, it's going to drive up the cost of food pretty significantly right? with that type of pay raise. And um, I was wondering if there's anything in the National Defense Authorization Act, because to me, like a shutdown of the rail yards, that's a national security issue. And isn't there some way the president can order them to continue working? Well, uh, without shutting down, because you're you're talking about pooping in the pan if the railway shuts down. Yeah, I mean, well, it's going to be a serious issue. A couple things first, Jeremy. It wasn't that they wanted a 24 percent raise is that the Biden administration had negotiated them a 24 percent raise and also five thousand dollar bonuses for workers. And some of the unions rejected that offer because apparently it wasn't rich enough for their blood. Uh, so, yeah, so that's crazy. But you're right. That's I mean, crazy. it is it is a necessity. It is a necessity, much like Reagan, uh, you know, when Reagan um, uh, fired all the air traffic controllers uh, for for striking. I mean, that I'm sure could have been a possibility as well. Um, but I mean, to the point when you have a $5,000 bonus and you're getting a 24% pay raise and your union says it's not enough, I got to start asking some questions about uh, who's looking up through. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, nothing more China and Russia and North Korea would love more than to see our railways shut down. Yeah, no, it would be a tough time. Mm -hmm. Well, Jeremy, thank you for calling in from Kasilov. It's good to hear from you. Sounds like you're having a good day. Appreciate you uh, being part of it today. Thank you, Michael. Have a good one. You bet, my friend. All right, folks, we're coming up on it. We got more coming up. Hour two. Phone lines are still open. 
and we're just doing open line, open form, talking about whatever strikes our fancy today. So if you want to get in the queue and start off the conversation in the next hour, you can do it right now. 907-433-3150. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free thing in radio. Be kind to one another. Love one another. If you're leaving us uh, for the hour, do that. We'll see you in just a minute. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I'm going back over here. The Biden administration had negotiated a tentative agreement with the unions in September that included $5,000 bonuses for workers. The Biden deal includes a historic 24% of 24% pay raise for all rail workers, and it provides improved health care benefits and provides the ability of operating craft workers to take unscheduled leave for medical needs. But four of the 12 unions rejected the deal and put the strike back on the calendar. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. I mean, let's see. We're going to give you a 24% pay raise and a $5,000 bonus. But it's not good enough. Not good enough. (laughs) This is crazy. Oh, man. Um, Our union got us a 2.6% joke of a raise and wanted us to thank them for doing such a great job. Yep. Yep. I mean, I could never understand, and maybe I'm oversimplifying things, but I could never understand paying someone to negotiate you a lower wage. I mean, to me, that's what I looked at unions like, like they're negotiating a lower wage for you know and we're working at the speed of the slowest worker um cue the greed uh i don't fortunately i don't think i have the greed on this computer uh this is my laptop so i don't have the greed on this computer but just imagine that um oh hey did i tell you that i was thinking about okay now i gotta go pull this up um, I was thinking about creating a t-shirt, the greed, and the t-shirt is for the greed. Um, uh, here we go. Tell me what you think about this guys. Uh, can I share this? I got to share this with you. Hold on a second. I got to figure out where my, uh, desktop image. Nope. 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 Yeah. There we go. Um, uh, no, I'll close that. Okay. Uh, here is the, uh, oh, here we go. Let me, let me get this up here. This is, uh, I had a artist, uh, who is as Carla. Uh, I was introduced to her by the Eskimo libertarian and, um, she, she does some, she does some great work. Uh, and I asked her if she could create a, uh, an image of uh natasha that we might be able to put on a t-shirt or something or maybe a sticker uh something like that uh and so here here's the image you you guys will have to tell me 
what you think about this. Should we do this as like a t-shirt or something? <laughs> this is the, uh, this would be the, this would be the, the, the image on the, uh, on the t-shirt. Um, the greed. What do you think? I mean, should we, uh, should we do, should we do it or should we just do stickers, you know, with like a bubble coming out that says that the greed, uh, I also just ordered some of the new, uh, I also just ordered some of the new t-shirts, uh, that I designed, uh, earlier this year, uh, that had, um, uh, which ones did I do? Uh, I got the one that's on censorship. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. Can I retransform that? Uh, here we go. Uh, my designs. I'm looking for my designs. Oh, that was it right there. Uh, so I also got some of the new t-shirts um, that uh, that uh, have front and back. And then they've got the this, this one says the worst part of censorship is everything is fine. Trust your government. Uh, that's that one. And then I got the, uh, then I got the, the other one, uh, which is the just say no, come on, uh, just say no to government dough. I just uh, got some of these t-shirts. Just say no to government dough. Uh, and it's just got the beard on the back. Um, but so I don't know. I'm thinking about the greed, the greed t-shirts. Those would be great. Right? I mean, that would be that would be great. I'm looking forward to that. Um, um all the unions should be required to watch the YouTube video on Bethlehem Steel and its total collapse. Um oh, let's see. Um, they'll always raise people. They'll always raid the people's money unless we, the people stop them. This is, we were talking about Dan, uh, earlier. Um, um, there needs to be a report to Alaska on per capita income, where it comes from and the per capita expenditure. Um, we are in class warfare. The reason why the PFD has been taken is because special interests own enough legislators. The only way to get back at the business class is to tax their asses. This is the argument that Brad's been making for a long time, that it's that top 20% that are protecting themselves at the expense of the lower ones. Um, the entitlement is ridiculous. Uh, she is awesome. I just can't fathom it. Oh, they love this. Uh, people want stickers. Stickers. <laughs> yeah, the, the stickers. Uh, stickers would be cool. Uh, shouldn't she be wearing a puffy vest and pearls? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, my friends. I guess we've run up against it here. So let's uh, let's get things going on. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Here we go. Hour two.
Oh, buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet. Uh, that thing, that series of tubes that we like to call the internet. MichaelDukeShow.com is where you'll find me. And, of course, while you're there, you'll have access to the audio-only live stream, links to the social media where we simulcast the show every morning on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and, of course, links to our podcast as well, which uh, I did announce in the last hour. I was kind of excited about it. In the last 12 months alone, we have had uh, 347,000 plays of the podcast um, from around the world, but majority of them here right here in the state of Alaska. And uh, I love that. I love that. We're getting people involved and invited. So make sure people check that out uh, as we go through. Uh, also, of course, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator uh, and uh, FM translator. And we appreciate uh, we appreciate uh, you folks listening, no matter where you are, um, no matter where you go. There you are. That's my wisdom for today. That's Buckaroo Banzai. For those of you who don't know, no matter where you go, there you are. Um, all right. Uh, so today it's open line, open form. And we can talk about anything that you want to talk about. Uh, where, you know, whatever it is, however you want to do it. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the Kodiak thing with <laughs> drug bust. The guy who shipped a half a million dollars worth of drugs in the U.S. mail. I mean... The guy is obviously not a uh, obviously not a Mensa member. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about the repeal of ballot measure number two, Alex uh, Guymark's article in Must Read Alaska. Um, we haven't talked about this, uh, and I just see this as I see this as so much of a more of a thing to come. Um, and I know this doesn't affect uh, people up in the interior or down in the peninsula, but again. Uh, remember, as goes Anchorage, eventually could go the rest of the state. And there was an article uh, a couple days ago, yesterday, uh, in the ADN, talking about the Sullivan Arena uh, in Anchorage. Now, for those of you who live out of Anchorage uh, or don't, you know, don't live in the valley and commute or anything else, so you don't spend a lot of time in Anchorage, you may know the Sullivan Arena is the place where they go and they have the big outdoor show and they... They hold hockey games and they have concerts. I mean, I went and saw Cirque du Soleil at the Sullivan Arena. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in there, but nothing has happened in the Sullivan Arena for the last three years because they've been using the Sullivan Arena as a homeless shelter. And uh, it has created some real, real issues for the folks uh, 
in the surrounding community, uh, in the people who live in the neighborhoods around the Sullivan Arena. Uh, I had one employee who actually lived just down the street, one of the main feeder streets that goes right to the Sullivan. And uh, he said he had his car broken into two or three times. He goes, it's an older car. And I had a club on the steering wheel, right? One of the anti-theft device clubs. And he goes and everything else. And I had nothing in sight. And they still broke into the car. Uh, so there's been a lot of crime. There's been a lot of, you know, public indecency. There's been, uh, I mean, just continual problems going on down there. Well, the Anchorage Assembly has now set uh, $400,000 to relieve the safety issues uh, going on around the Carlson Center. And that's just a drop in the bucket. That's just a drop in the bucket. They used millions of dollars in COVID money uh, to to keep that place propped up over the last couple of years. And um, they, uh, they, I mean, they just, it's, it's insane the amount of money. And what I'm reminded of is once more, I'm reminded of kind of the homeless problem in Los Angeles and Seattle. And, uh, you know, the, the, to me, those are not the places that you want to emulate. And it seems like that's what they're trying to emulate in Anchorage is kind of the solutions that those two communities came up with. And what they became is they became, you know, sucking black holes and, and, and they would just, consume money and never really fix the problem. Um, now, I don't have a solution for homelessness. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. We've spent a whole show on it one day talking about it. I don't have a solution per se, uh, and I haven't done enough research uh, on communities that have, but my suggestion was find a community that's actually done well with the homeless situation and see if we can emulate that instead of the other way around. This is just another, again, another half a million dollars, nearly half a million dollars that's going to go towards this and create uh, some kind of security service or a mobile crisis team or whatever. But the problem is, is that we just don't have a plan. There's just not a plan for what's going on with this. And they've taken a public asset, which is the Sullivan Arena owned by the owned by the Muni. And. Um, I mean, they haven't been able to do shows. They haven't been able to do hockey. They haven't been able to, they haven't been able to do anything with this facility. And my understanding is that after the first year uh, of use as a homeless shelter during the COVID pandemic and everything else, that there's also now a maintenance list on the things that have been broken and worn out and trashed and destroyed that would choke an elephant. That they're going to have to spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, fixing the things that have been broken over the last three years. So I just read this story and I was just, I was just, I was sad. Um, I don't live in Anchorage, but I do work there. I'm in town three, four days a week and uh, I drive right by that. And I see a lot of the thing and I work in Midtown, which is, you know, we've had, we've had our own problems in where I, where I work and in, uh, in our buildings with the same kind of thing. Um, uh, uh, some of the homelessness issues. And it's, it's just, it's sad. It, it, it disheartens me and it frustrates me that the answer always seems to be, well, we'll just, we'll just throw more money at it. We'll just build them houses or we'll do this or we'll do that. Never addressing the root problem, the root problem of mental health and addiction. And, uh, which I think are probably the two core problems, um, in the homeless population. Um, 
that, you know, there are a few people that are homeless, you know, just because they, they, they were down on their luck, but usually those kind of people end up pulling themselves out and moving forward. But those that are stuck in it, uh, you could almost always see that the core problem is mental health issues and or addiction. And uh, we're not really addressing that. And that's that's just so frustrating for me because I just hate to see people I, I hate to see people waste their potential. I, I just hate to see that wasted potential of those people. Um, anyway, so that's a story we could chat about or whatever you want to talk about at 907-433-3150. Want to remind you, of course, that this out of the program being brought to you by our friends at Satellite West. You can find them at satellitewest.com wherever you are in the state, Cordova to Chignik to chicken and any any anywhere wherever you are they can keep you connected with the rest of the world uh whether it's via text or phone call or email or maybe you just want to surf the internet wherever you are satellite west can has got you covered uh, get, uh go check them out satellitewest.com we want to say thank you to them for sponsoring this hour of the program let's go over to the phones right now and see what you have to say good morning who's this where are you calling from Michael Dukes, Tim, in Fairbanks. Hello, Tim. What's on your mind? You hear me? I can hear you, sir. What's up? Oh, I'm out here plowing snow, so uh, we got about three inches. Nice. I, I don't know why you lost your mind and moved down there. I don't know. I just don't understand you. <laughs> you don't so, understand me? I got why? a question for you. I'm still in Alaska, Tim. That's all I got to say. I'm still in Alaska, and I don't have, oh, you, and I don't have to you, deal with a 50 below. You know that Alaska... There's nothing south of the Alaska range that's anywhere close to Alaska, except maybe Kodiak. Anyway, <laughs> we were sitting around here talking the other day, and I couldn't answer a question. Somebody's asking me. So uh, when the Senate, when uh, Lisa Murkowski got appointed by her, her dad, uh, you know, handing down the family farm, uh, the question came up, why the hell did we have a special election for the um uh, house seat and not the senate you know not the senate you know uh there's a constitutional what's the, what's the, yeah there's a there's constitutional right. provision the uh a senator can be appointed by the governor but because a representative is the people's representative that has to go to a special election there's a separation in the constitution on those two things because it was in the senate if one of our senators had passed away governor dunleavy could have appointed a replacement but because it was the representative that has to go to a special election. Okay, well, I, that's kind of what I, I I figured there must be a difference between the House and the Senate and the way that it was set up, but I didn't know it was in the Constitution. I guess I could have pulled it out and looked. Sometimes you don't even know where to look, and that's what it is. And, and I had to go look it up myself as yeah. to figure out why that was, because I was like, wait, I know Murkowski. What the, you know, what the what, what the what? And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a constitutional provision. Uh, that, you know, the governor can elect, can nominate it because, again, you have to remember you have to remember uh, how senators used to be um, elected and impaneled in the U.S. Senate. It used to be that the House of Representatives, the people's house, would uh, be elected by the people at large, but that senators were then elected or nominated and elected by the state legislators. That's how we used to get senators in this country is that if you, you know, that the people would vote for the representatives, but that the senators would be picked by the state legislators and sent. And then, 
uh, uh, you know, handful of decades ago, that changed to be again a popular vote as well. But that's why I think that there's a change is because that's supposed to be again the 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 people's. The Congress is the people's house. The Senate is the is you know the is more the state provision. So uh, anyway, I, yeah, I, well, that was probably the way the founders set it up. Yeah, but I don't think this is what they had in mind. No, I don't think if they. I, I think what they're looking at today would be pretty unrecognizable to what they had envisioned at the time, yep. for sure. So, I sure, I sure would like to hear what they if they came back and saw what we've done that hear their opinions on what's what's uh, what it's become. Well, that's okay. That, well, that's I knew that, that if I called the great Michael Dukes, I would get an answer. Well, there you go. That's always been. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that. You know, you you would be interested. To, somebody asked me here a few years ago. Uh, you know, if you could have dinner with anybody, uh, alive or dead, if you could have a sit down dinner and just have a chat with anybody alive or dead, who would it be? And uh, that was really one of my first thoughts is that I would I would say it would either have to be, you know, it'd be like Thomas Jefferson or, or Adams or somebody and say, here's what the state of American politics is today. What do you think? I would I would just love to have that conversation with one of those guys just to see, you know, here's what you envisioned and here's what we have. What are your thoughts? Uh, and I always yep, that would be fun. It would be interesting. That's for sure. All right, Tim. Well, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening up in Fairbanks. Let's go over to the next caller. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Michael, this is Bob from Fairbanks. Hey, Bob, what's on your mind, sir? Well, I'm kind of glad the borough somebody's taking a different direction on some of these things. They have a, they actually got a, it's a, I believe it's five, instead of the liberals, it's, I, I believe it's now it's a five to four to the conservative side. And when Aaron Lajewski got in there, he took climate change, committing a different direction. Now he's got all the libs all pissed off, mad at him. Now he's, instead of, I think, uh, if you understand climate change, climate change is is uh it's, it's kind of like a redistribution of wealth, and uh, I don't think a lot of people right now are worried about when you start to pay your electric bills and heat your home. I don't think a lot of people are worried about climate change. No, I mean I don't think it but makes now yeah. that yeah go ahead. Climate change is a religion. Climate change now is a religion in the left, and I'm kind of glad he did what he did. I really am. Well, I have to go take a look to see exactly what he did, Bob, because I'm not familiar with exactly what he uh, came down with. But, yeah, I mean, look, people are climate change does not even show up on the radar for many people as far as, you know, top priorities when they're trying to make decisions or vote or do things like that. Uh, I mean, on the left, it is definitely more prevalent than on the right, but it still is not one of the high priorities for people out there. Um, and, you know, climate change is it. Look, the climate is cyclic. We know that. We know things go up and down and everything else. I, again, I think it's such a big issue for many people. It's such a large issue that most people are just like, they, it just doesn't even affect them. They're like, I need to, like you said, pay my heat, pay, do this, take my kid to soccer. That's the stuff that people care about. Uh, appreciate your call, Bob. Thank you for coming up and uh, joining us. Uh, all right, we got to take a quick break. I got one line on hold, and we're going to be back to them here in just a second. I'm going to get their name and where they're calling from, and we'll be ready to jump back in with them on the other side. Got some other lines open if you want to sound off. Today is open line, open form. 
Uh, and if you want to talk about, well, you can't talk about the latest episodes of Yellowstone because I haven't started watching the new season yet. But you can talk about other things if you want. Just, you know, whatever you want to talk about, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio, The Michael Duke Show. Back with more in just a moment. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, uh, break time. Break time uh, here on the big radio program. And we got two lines on hold. Let's go over to the first one, and we'll get uh, we'll get everybody's name and where they're calling from, and then we'll get them queued up and ready for when we rejoin the radio here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning. This is Lauren. I'm calling from Soldatna. Hello, Lauren. Hold the line, my friend, and you will be number one with a bullet. Well, that, maybe that sounded threatening. I didn't mean it to. I'm just, uh, you know uh lauren uh in uh, seward uh we're gonna be right back to you uh here in just a hot second let me go to caller number two and see what they have to say good morning who's this where are you calling from morning it's uh bob the voter out of fairbanks hello bob in fairbanks hold the line my friend you will be number two in the queue uh bob in fairbanks uh you're gonna be number two so we got two lines on hold a bunch of lines open if you want to sound off and i'm way behind in the chat room so uh, let me go back up here and see what you guys to say. Oh, this is set by. Uh, uh, I didn't realize that there was a bot in chat, which I have now fixed. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, I should uh, I should uh, look into uh, I should look into uh, getting some moderators in the chat room as we go through. Uh, thank you, because when I'm not looking at the screen, it's nice to know that they can get nuked. Um, okay. Um, uh, there's a tidy cottage, there's a tidy cottage industry in perpetuating, um, homelessness. Oh, did I say the Carlson center? I meant the, I thought I said the Sullivan, but maybe I did say the Carlson center. If so, it was a Freudian slip, same kind of thing. Um, could you get Mead Treadwell on the show? I'd love to hear his take on the railway fiasco all Americans are facing. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, Michael, you need a sticker of a walrus with Stedman's face and his flipper full of our PFD dollars. I I actually asked Carla to do that. Uh, I actually asked Carla to do uh, a Bert Stedman walrus kind of thing. Uh, and we're working on it, but uh, it's it it's... Yeah. Uh, Scott Ogan, who is always full of good advice and depressing news. The PFD is gone. Membership in the new Senate majority comes with a price. Surrender your vote on the PFD and operating budget to have bigger offices and more staff. Textbook coercion. Textbook coercion. Uh, yeah, Scott. I mean, I'm I I like I I'm afraid you're right. Let me just say that we're. Uh, Dale says the union workers on the railroad haven't had a contract for the last 10 years and haven't received a pay raise in that time. The 24% sounds like a lot, but it's over the next three years. 
Well, in all fairness, Dale, most of us haven't had a most of us haven't had a pay raise in ten years. Most of us, uh, or a minuscule pay raise in ten years. So, I don't know, just a twenty four percent pay raise, even if it was over a three three year period, that's it's a lot. And the fact that they turned it down because it wasn't enough on top of the five thousand dollars bonus, that just seems a little seems a little excessive. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, um uh let's see, it's absolutely destroyed. Melissa says uh in the chat room, talking about the Sullivan Arena, she says it's absolutely destroyed inside. I haven't I haven't been uh into the Carl's into the uh, Sullivan Arena in a while. So um but I hear that yes, that there's hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage in there. Uh, the Anchorage Assembly plan is to destroy Anchorage people in Anchorage have to quit electing these far left. Okay. Um, if since 50% of the homeless are natives, how about allow tribal courts deal with violations instead of shifting them to Anchorage to be thrown into the streets? We've seen the depopulation of the villages uh, in a big way over the last 10, 12 years. I think that's part of it. Um, but I mean, I think that there's uh, I think that there's definitely more to it than that. Um. All right. Uh, I don't have enough time to get through the rest of these comments. I'm sorry. We're jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. We're continuing now, taking phone calls from you. It's open line, open forum. We've covered a bunch of different topics today, including the Koyukuk Mining District monster again. I, mean, I just love it. I love it. Uh, let's go over to the phones. Lauren is down on the peninsula uh, joining us today from Seward. Let's uh, see what he has to say. Good morning, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, hey, uh, just it's Soldatna. Oh, Soldatna. I'm sorry. I apologize. But, uh, yeah, no problem. Still Peninsula. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to mention three things, and then I'll get off and see if uh, you have any comments or people want to talk about it. But uh, first of all, here on the Peninsula, the the uh, candidates, uh, you know, that I consider America First type candidates, they uh, the ones I voted for, they did not make it, and the ones that did get in. They're there because of ranked choice voting. So uh, there's no way that uh, the legislature is going to uh, to deal with ranked choice voting as far as getting rid of it. The guys that I was supporting, that would have been one of the first bills that they would have, the first bill probably that they would have uh, presented. And uh, anyway, the people are there. They're there because of ranked choice voting. Sad as it is. Uh, then the next thing I want to say is... Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I read the Alaska Watchman this morning on uh, Dan Sullivan's trying to uh, justify his vote for the, uh, the gay marriage thing and, uh, you know, uh, another hammer over the head of uh, churches and stuff as far as the 501 
C exemption goes. Uh, I believe that that's absolutely terrible for our uh, constitutional republic. And then the last thing I want to say, uh, thinking about what you were saying about talking to Thomas Jefferson and some of our our uh, forefathers that uh, that just put a, made an incredible constitution for us, uh, which I believe is basically a covenant uh, covenant with God. Uh, I think that there's a good chance Thomas Jefferson say that it might be getting really close to time to watering the tree of liberty with the blood of patriots. <laughs> I've offered. And, uh, I've often thought that uh, I've often thought that uh, if uh, the founding fathers just found themselves teleported to today, the sons of liberty, if they found themselves just plonked down today, that after a few weeks, they'd probably find themselves in some local tavern talking a little treason again, Uh, simply because, I mean, remember, they threw the first party, they threw the first revolution over a 3% tax on mail. And look at where we are today. Um, it's uh, it's pretty insane. It, it's pretty crazy. Agreed. So uh, anyway, um, I'm I and some people I know we're not we're not going to quit fighting. We're not going to lay down. Uh, we're going to keep we're going to keep pushing. And uh, I believe that there's a there's a lot of people out there that you know if they can just get woke up and start listening to the right people and and uh and and not listen to the to the mainstream media and whatnot maybe uh maybe we can get things turned around we're not going to stop trying well we can't we can't grow weary in well-doing uh lauren we can't do that we've got to do it uh we've got to keep fighting it um it's painful it's sometimes it's discouraging but you don't stop you don't that's not how you take the hill you take the hill by falling forward every time one step forward one step forward you got to keep doing it um and you're right um as far as the respective marriage act that sullivan voted for now again i i I read into it a little bit here just a couple days ago because i hadn't really been paying attention i don't again i don't normally pay a lot of attention to the national stuff simply because i feel like we don't have much control over that um, the argument that has been made by several of the Republicans who voted for it was uh, because they instituted protections in there for religious institutions, uh, because their fear was is that the Respective Marriage Act, which would recognize uh, you know gay marriage and uh, and same sex marriage and everything else out there, the problem was is that they were afraid that because of some of the um, more <clears throat> uh obscure language or i guess kind of not obscure um uh, i guess uh, some of the language that is not as clear in there that they would uh, that that churches and religious institutions could be opened up to litigation uh because of their own religious beliefs and religious preferences if they didn't for example you know a church uh, didn't want to hold a gay wedding or a same-sex wedding in their location, they could be opening themselves up to litigation. And so there were amendments made to protect some of those institutions, not nearly enough because Mike Lee had a couple good that were voted down, but that those were the things that were put in there. And that's why Sullivan voted for it because he was trying to protect those religious liberties. Now, again, whether that's hundred percent the truth or not, I can only speculate that he's trying to tell the truth and trying to do that. Um, But it's, um, you know, again, it's a hot mess. And I think, 
again, I think I think what we need to focus on is what's going on in our backyard. Yes, that stuff's important, but we yeah, have hey, no, hey, yeah. So can I say one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. Can I can I say one more thing? Okay, so anyway, um, a compromise. I mean, we're, we're constantly compromising. We're constantly our they're making deals with the devil all the time. They never stop. And uh, I, I I would just you know like it would be so great to go back to. I mean, seriously, to be, go back to what our forefathers set up for us, what they really did before we got the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of, of, of law that, you know, so many of them are totally unconstitutional. But I'd like to just point out one thing. I'd like people to just think about this. If, I mean, our Constitution is based, it truly is based on Judeo-Christian values. It's based on the Bible. and. Uh, Many, many letters from our forefathers all came from stuff that's right out of Deuteronomy. And, uh, you know, people can like that or not like it. But if you if you care at all about it and just think about this, and there is absolutely nowhere in the Bible that says that we are to tolerate. It never says tolerate any kind of evil. It says to love people and hate sin. And uh and we have so many laws that are just based on tolerance, tolerance and negotiation and compromise. And uh, we give in, we give in to evil a little bit every day. All right, Lauren. Well, I appreciate you sounding off. Thank you for calling in and uh, joining us and sharing your thoughts with us. We appreciate you being uh, on the show today. Uh, thank you for participating. Um, you know, the, the problem, I guess, overall is, is that because we are a representative democracy, a representative constitutional republic, but we have a, we have a representational, we use a democratic voting system and, and representational, uh, uh, proportional representation. That's the word I was looking for. Compromise is the dirty word of the day, but it is the effect of what has to happen. Um, again, I'm all for, you know, if somebody wants to, I'm all for leaving people alone. People have got to make their own choices. I can tell them what I believe is right, but I'm not going to force, uh, you know, my views on them at the point of the government's gun. If uh, somebody wants to marry their toaster, hey, if it doesn't hurt me, that's fine. When you start making it hurt me by making me pay for certain things or doing certain things or hurting my family, that's a whole nother deal. But, uh, yeah, this whole thing is, again, we need to be focusing on what's going on in our communities and doing our best to clean up our own backyards first. Uh, and some of that national stuff will eventually sort itself out because we are taking care of what's going on at home. Bob, the voters in Fairbanks. Bob, sorry for making you wait so long. What's on your mind, sir? Yeah, morning. Hey, uh, on your homeless deal down there, Anchorage, we're pretty much everywhere. There was a... Uh, a mayor down in the States somewhere that every do-gooder at every city meeting and councils and all that was, they're always looking for money to do the homeless or whatever. That guy took a vacation and basically went homeless for a week and a half, something like that. You can look it up on the web or whatever, but uh, he went down there to find out actually what's going. He just found out that everybody's bunch of damn druggies don't want to work and all they want to do is high five over each other's back while they're doing something wrong to start with but uh he came back to the city council meeting or whatever and they got pissed at him for doing that <laughs> for going into the freaking hornet's nest and right. finding out what's going on and finding out what's really happening um i mean there's been talks yep, well he found out what's really happening yeah 
Um, there's so, a, there's a little so hard to uh, figure. Yeah, I mean, there's a there is an industry. I mean, there is an industry that's kind of built up around homelessness. Um, and again, I think these people had the best of intentions, but in some ways, I feel that some of those in you know some of these services and industries are kind of you know they're perpetuating the problem. Um, you know, because now they've created an industry and people are dependent on the jobs and everything else. And, and, and so I think they may have started off with the best of intentions, but I think it, it, in the end, it ends up perpetuating the problem that we have here. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're making your own job kind of like not for profit, you know, but I take all the profits so that I don't have any profits left. Yeah. But, uh, the, uh, the idea was that if you look it up, you'll, you, you can read some stuff on it. That better way to find out is when he goes to the the, the meeting next meeting again. He brings all that stuff out where they all get pissed off because yeah. he he'll have the uh, the left leaning media will tell you the you know the their part of the story where he they try to black out most of him like going this is what these people are doing this is what they do twenty four seven yeah and, yeah uh, <laughs> I don't know I mean the guy went right in there and put his feet right in his mouth. And, uh, you know, did what he should be doing. And, yeah. I don't know. Well, it was pretty interesting. Like I said, after that, I kind of lost my faith, like you were just saying. Well, like I, and like I said, Bob, what we need to do, and again, I'm not versed enough on this to know, you know, to, to, cite, to cite places or cities or whatever, but we need to, what we really should do, if, if we're serious about fixing the homelessness issue, and this is particularly strong in Anchorage because it's the main hub of the state, right? So, we have some homelessness in other places, but Anchorage is really the focus of it. Uh, and they've spent millions of dollars over the last three years. I mean, it's 30 something million dollars in federal money that went into the, the, to putting that whole thing together. Um, you know, we need to look at communities that have dealt with the homeless issue and, you know, gotten people the help they need, got them off the streets, did all the things, yada, yada, yada. We need to, we need to find that. Uh, place that has done a good job and emulate that instead of emulating what's going on, like I said, down in Seattle or San Francisco or Los Angeles, because those are obviously not working. You could see, I mean, every time you go to Seattle, you can see the homeless problem there uh, is is uh, just expensive. I mean, I remember going to Seattle 30 years ago for my wife and I, we went down there on our honeymoon and, and it was in the Pacific Northwest. And it was my first time really getting a chance to know Seattle. And then every time I've gone over the last 30 years, the homelessness problem has just, it's exploded. I mean, places that used to be clean and free and parks and everything else. And now it's just, it's tent cities. And I, I mean, it's insane. We do not need to emulate that. We need to find some place that took care of it correctly and emulate them. So yeah, whatever happened to all the water cannons we had back in the sixties and seventies on the big truck water and water cannons, I can figure out what to do there. <laughs> well, I, all right. All right. Thanks, Bob. I mean, look, I wouldn't advocate that. I wouldn't advocate using water cannons on anybody. Uh, but I think we need to find an answer to this and because what we're doing is not working. And I think that's the thing we need to acknowledge that what we're doing is not working. And, uh, you know, if, if that's the case, and this is a problem in government overall, I mean, we could talk about education, what we're doing is not working, we need to reevaluate and reset and, you know, start fresh, we, you know, we need to, we need to make those changes. But government, you know, it's like an aircraft carrier, you can't turn it, it's doesn't matter if it's doing it wrong, it's doing it. Um, and so it's, you've got to find, you've got to find out what's broken and fix it. 
You've got to acknowledge that there's a problem and fix it. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's my thoughts on it. All right, we're uh, we're up to the break. We got one final segment coming up. I got uh, f- all the phone lines are open. If you want to sound off on anything we've been talking about or anything else, something we haven't been talking about, feel free to give us a call. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Our guide and our trusted friend. Okay, we're in the break. Um, going on here. Um, ben Franklin said democracy is like two wolves and a lamb deciding what's for dinner, and Thomas Jefferson concurs. I mean, exactly. They they knew exactly what that was it. Homelessness is a nonprofit money laundering pit. Uh, I mean, there's again, uh, and Brian says uh, they are often political cronies talking about the people who are involved in the homelessness issue. And you're right. I mean, there's a lot of money in home. I mean, again, I want to say it was thirty four million dollars. I had I'd have to go back and look at the. It's not mentioned in this article, but I know that the that the uh, the city was on the hook for millions of dollars, and they used the federal they used federal monies to pay it, the COVID monies when they set up the Carlson centers, all that. But it was tens of millions of dollars that has been spent just in the last three years on homelessness in Anchorage, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better um and in fact uh there's been you know community after community that uh you know the safety issues mount around the sullivan arena neighbors plead with the city to help that's in the headline of one of the other stories all kinds of problems i mean what what's going on here is not working and i don't know I don't know how to fix it, but I know that we need to have a conversation, a, a rational, reasonable conversation about it. And um, it's, uh, it's, you know, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough decision. It's a tough, it's a tough conversation to have. Um, when you add anything to the phrase, a Christian, Alex says, when you add anything to the phrase Christian values, whether it's Judeo or progressive, it's equally revolting to God. Mm, uh, I'm going to disagree with you on that, Alex. I mean, uh, Judeo-Christian values are the same, the the values of, you know, the Jews and the Christians, Old Testament values is what they're talking about in that regard. Um, I don't think that that's... I don't think that that's an offensive, I don't think that's an offensive term, but that's it, just me. Um, over 300, uh, over 300 million combined between the state, federal, and local taxes, all being funneled to places like the Rasmussen Foundation, less than 5% of that money goes to actually fix the homelessness problem. Uh, we could have built all 2,200 homeless homes for what they've wasted. Um, 
uh, going through here. Um, so I can't, why would, why would it get better when the state, uh, oh, this is right. I mean, why would it get better when the state subsidized it more and more? I, I mean, that is, I think, I think you're making my point in another way, Timothy. I think you're making my point in the same way. I mean, if it continues to be profitable to deal with a situation, um, why would you to, you know, kind of hold the situation in a status quo? Why would you want to solve the situation if it's profitable? And uh, I mean, I, again, I don't, I'm not trying to impugn the character of the people who are involved, but because I think most of them, I mean, they got into this with the best of intentions of trying to solve the problem, but I th think they get into it so much. That, and again, they, they can't see the solutions. So yeah, I, I, I just don't know. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, that's it. I got caught up on the comments. You guys got quiet there for a minute. Can I ask you a favor? Um, I know yesterday Facebook crashed and had some kind of, I don't know, whatever the issue was. Um, but um, it reminded me as to why it's important for you to also go out and uh, like my YouTube page. Um, and I see that exactly two people subscribed yesterday. Two people subscribed yesterday uh so i know that there's 58 of you between facebook and youtube and twitch this morning but could i ask all of you who have not gone over to facebook youtube or twitch can i ask you to uh go over to youtube right now and to subscribe and ring the bell there you don't have to stay there if you want to come back to facebook because you because you you know you like facebook chat better than the youtube chat and everything else that's fine but could you go over to YouTube and at least subscribe and ring the bell? Because you would at least get notifications when I go live every morning. YouTube is very good about sending notifications. Facebook, not so much. So I know you. May, a lot of people said, I don't like the chat on YouTube. It restricts me. It's this, it's that. Okay, that's fine. But just go over there and ring the bell and subscribe and ring the bell so that you get notifications. And I get a little bit closer to that thousand uh, um, to that thousand, uh, 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 person subscription area there. So, okay. Uh, time to jump back into it. Shall we go? The Michael Duke show common sense radio. Okay, uh, one final segment of the show this morning. We've had one line on hold here for a while, and I apologize, caller, to not talking to, for not talking to you during the commercial break. Um, I was busy talking with the chat room and missed uh, missed the fact that you were there. So let's go over there right now and uh, find out who they are. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. I accept your apology. This well, is David from Anchorage. Well, thank you, David. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't even notice the little pop-up that said you were there, so I apologize. What's on your mind, David? 
And by the way, I went to your YouTube site and I did ring the bell yesterday. I was one of the oh, two. Oh, you subscribed and rang the bell on YouTube. Uh, Thank you so today, much. I, yes, I did. And you you do wonderful uh, wonderful shows, especially when you have some of the legislators on. And I, I really enjoy it. it. But I want to uh, let the people in Anchorage know that um, there's going to be a ballot proposition. There's going to be a proposition on the ballot next April if it passes the assembly, which it surely will. Uh, an ordinance uh, submitted to the voters. They want to start. Um, child care and pre-k and have the taxpayers pay for it so really you need to watch out for that anchorage um yeah and they're going to use the uh, proceeds from the marijuana tax to pay for uh, early child care and pre-k this is a movement um oh let's say by the education industry across the state of alaska to get universal pre-k uh, in into place and it's going to happen probably, I think, in this next legislature, definitely in the Senate. Yeah. As you know, we have a bunch of educators in the Senate um, and in the House as well. Um, Elise Galvin, Mr. Borkman from Kenai, of course, Kathy Giesel and um, uh, the Senate President Gary Stevens. They're all a big supporters of K-12 education. So it's going to be uh, they want to inflation proof the BSA, by the way. And I just calculated that for the Anchorage School District. Inflation proofing the BSA uh, at another $820 will result in an additional $62 million plus to the Anchorage School District. So you all out there can say bye-bye to your PFDs yeah, because that's what they're going to use to fund the pre-K and well, inflation proof the BSA. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this. I mean, it's, it's again, it's, a, it's another money grab for more, you know, here's what surprises me, David. And of course, you follow these education issues uh, very closely, it's David Boyle. Um, but, you know, what is always astonishing to me is that they acted like $63 million, that shortfall, oh, that, we didn't see that coming. We've been talking about it for five years. They've known it's been coming. They saw it coming. They just bare. They basically did nothing about it, expecting that somebody was going to bail them out. And, you know, they they blinked and they bet on the wrong horse. And here it is. So now it's a desperate gamble to try and find uh, other ways, alternative revenues to bolster up that shortfall. Not to mention the fact that the enrollment rate continues to decline. The birth rate in Alaska continues to decline. There's an out migration of people. So the student count is going to continue to decline. And they refuse to they refuse to scale what they're doing based on the number of students that they have in the system and are expected to have it. I mean, the projections are the enrollment's going to continue to decline, and yet their projected budgets continue to rise. So more money for fewer students. It makes no sense. Well, you're you're exactly right, uh, Michael. But and the fact of the matter is they've been kicking the can down the road, and they did admit this. The school board since 2017 for five years and they've known they've seen this coming and now quote it's a crisis and what happens with bureaucrats as you well know they create problems and then they come up with solutions to the problems they just created and they knew this big budget deficit was coming they they ignored it and now they know they know they have the right people in place in Juneau to solve the budget problem that they created and a lot of this was created by using one-time COVID money from the federal government. They used $37 million of that for salaries and benefits, which, as you know, are recurring expenses. Right. It's not and, a one-time uh, now deal. They, so they make these, these – I'm sorry? 
it's not a one-time expenditure, right? I mean, they get a one-time pot of money and they're like, let's spend this on salaries and benefits. And you're like, wait, that comes every year. What, what, what are you going to do next year? And and what they're doing right now, I've listened to all six of the town halls they've had at the various quote schools are going to close. They're not closing any schools. They're closing one school out of the five. The others quote, they're repurposing for other things. Uh, they're only going to save a little under $4 million when they, quote, close six schools. But um, so what they're doing is they're get, they're activating the public, the parents, and the students to descend on Juno and demand inflation-proofing of the BSA. I haven't done the total calculations for the entire state, but as, as, but as I just said, for the Anchorage School District, that gives them another $62 million plus in it it incentivizes bad behavior when we do that. They're yeah. going to continue to do what they do, you know, be spendthrifts and and not, uh, you know, follow their fiduciary responsibilities. This reminds me of the old saying that piss poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part, right? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where we're at. But the, but that's I, what they do. They ignore, they ignore, they ignore, they ignore, exactly. and they override. And then they're like, oh, now we've got a problem. You've got to save us, and they hold their hand out. You had the, you knew this was coming and you always depended on uncle sugar to bail you out. You, there's got to be some accountability for your bad fiscal decisions. And we know that's probably not going to happen in Juneau, by the way, in Anchorage, if you go to their audited CAFR report for the last uh, school year, the spending was 19,000. $227 $227 per student and they, they need more money. And you're right. One thing they're not looking at, by the way, at this time is cutting the overhead staff in the district, right? The administrative you know, staff. When they close a school, they only save $400,000. Yeah. Because they're not looking at cutting the employees anyway, they, or anything else. Right. It, 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 and not the overhead it, and not the janitor. It, and, and like you said, they're re purposing instead of closing them which would save a ton of money per school instead oh now we're going to change it to a destination center for something else instead of a school you're not really saving any money i mean but anyway you'd never run a business like this and that's one of the issues they have and uh, unfortunately we only have one person dave donnelly on the on the school board that that objects to most of this and he actually voted against the uh, the teacher's contract, which uh, increased uh, costs substantially. Anyway, uh, so Anchorage, pay attention. Yeah, no, this is a huge it's issue, school, David. And we, money. we probably should have you on here sometime in the near future to kind of break this whole thing down from start to finish for us, because I think this is, uh, I mean, this is an important discussion. And maybe, hey, people in Fairbanks or the peninsula don't care, but remember, as goes Anchorage, so goes the rest of the state eventually. We've seen that. We've seen that happen before. So, um, yeah, we'd like to we'd like to talk that. Uh, all right, thanks, uh, thanks, David, uh, for calling in this morning. I appreciate you uh, being part of it today. Thank you, Michael. Uh, all right, folks, uh, we got. Uh, I don't know if we even have enough time for one more call. Let me see. Do I have any more calls? Nope. That's it. Okay. Good. All right. Um. All right. Well, we're coming close to the end today. Um, there is, I didn't get a chance to talk about it. There is a uh, new group that is working to repeal ranked choice voting. And that is the uh, Citizens for uh, Honest, or it's Alaskans for Honest Elections. 
Uh, and there's a group that's called Alaskans for Honest Government, which is part of that. It's they're associated with Alaskans for Honest Elections. There's a good article in KTUU you can read. I'll drop the link in the chat room if you want to go find it. Uh, they experienced uh, they experienced the horrible animosity that this created. New groups look to get rid of ranked choice voting. Uh, I think this is the direction that we need to go. Uh, I think this is the where the headed, the place we need to be headed. That's for sure. Tomorrow's Firearms Friday. Uh, we're going to talk guns and more. I don't know if we're going to have any guests or not, but we're going to enjoy ourselves. And of course, we'll get a chance to talk to Willie Waffle from WaffleMovies.com. And uh, all the best. It's all good. I appreciate you guys coming in and being part of it today. We'll see you tomorrow. I wish you the best. You're going to have a great day. It's nice and warm today. Almost a 20-degree difference at my house. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. That's my mantra to you. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense Radio. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Okay, my friends. Well, I uh, I appreciate you guys coming in and uh, sharing this morning with us. Sharing this morning with you. I really appreciate you. And I love having you on with me every morning. I love the chat. I love the discussion. Um, I love this whole new world of the internet along with radio. I mean, I did radio for years where I sat in a small box room and talked to myself, right? Occasionally a phone caller, but no interaction, no no immediate feedback on what we were talking about. I really appreciate you guys being part of it. Well, that's a deep subject. Yes, Rick, but if we turn it on its side, we can walk right through it, right? <laughs> oh, you guys are killing me. All right. Well, I'm out of here, guys. Thanks for coming on board. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. We will see you tomorrow. Hey, YouTube, like, I only need six more subscribers to get to 400. Six more subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed on YouTube yet, could you do that for me? I'd really appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow, my friends.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.